Jimmy Smith, he goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Hello and welcome back. It's been some time, but we are here with you with episode sweet number 16. We've got feedback from the previous two podcast episodes, including the CTSA interview with Sam Jordan. We'll look at the fixtures and look at matches coming up. We have a very short transfer update. I can't believe we're still talking about this. You answer the big question. Plenty of talking points in Broadfield Buzz. And as ever, we finish with added time. Well, yes. Hello and welcome to the Straight Red podcast. I'm Jonathan. Ewan sat opposite me as always. And Ewan, it's been quite some time since our last podcast, longer than I imagined it would be, just under a month, in fact. And that episode uh, was the interview with the CTSA. We'll come on to that in a, in a short while. Um, we were actually meant to record a podcast just under a week ago, I think. But it turns out that... Uh, I was on commentary duty for the leasing.com trophy, that big match that uh, everyone wants to go to. And then you were on family duty. And speaking of family, congratulations. Thank you very You're much. You're a soon-to-be father. I am for the first time. Thank you very much. I didn't expect that, yeah. Dare we even call you uh, Father Ewan? Not yet. No, no. We've had our 12-week scan. Um, just putting my application in for a Junior Red membership in the next week. Uh, very exciting times. One more fan at the Broadfield. And this is a sound that you'll uh, soon soon be hearing quite a bit of. <laughs> screams, is that annoying you yet? No, screams of joy as um, Jimmy Smith returns and scores on his uh, return. <laughs> there we go. Yes, no. So... Yes, congratulations. <laughs> and uh, well, we're really looking forward to having another listener and maybe another co-host one day. It'd be nice to have two listeners, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. <laughs> so as always, we're going to be starting off with feedback. And uh, you and you've got a, a particularly funny bit of feedback to start off with. Um, yeah, so some of the feedback we got, we, it was the first time we did it in episode 15. So since our last podcast, we've had episode 15 and 15.1, which is a CTSA interview. Um, and what the feedback we got was, the feedback segment was too long. So we've got to be quick. We're going to shorten this down. We've got two episodes of feedback to get through. So let's start with episode 15 which was prior to uh, the CTSA interview, which the feedback was a little bit spicier. We'll get on to that. But from episode 15, um, I'm going to read comments from Twitter, the forum and Facebook. Of course, forum and Facebook are private, so I'm not going to read any names. I'll just read through the comments. So we had um, listened last night. As ever, chaps, a good and informative listen. Well done for taking the time and effort to produce a podcast and keep up the good work. Another one. Great work. Every podcast is much appreciated. And really well done. As always, chaps, keep up the good work. We did have one bit of negative feedback on the forum. Our friend, who I've no idea why he listens to the show, but continues to do so. I even went back to his negative feedback, because I always try and be constructive, um, and asked, genuinely, why do you listen to the show? Because it clearly upsets you. Didn't get a reply. Now, I'm not just being bitter about that uh, feedback because three other people on the forum agreed and they said, these were their replies to his negative feedback. It was comedy gold, really not sure what you're after. And my favourite, what a moronic paragraph. <laughs> so um, 
that's as much um, attention that we'll give the uh, the gentleman in question because we know he loves it. Um, and we move on to Twitter feedback. Another brilliant podcast. Season tickets, 4%. Brighton ladies have increased 500%. That's how to do it. That was regards, um, you know, we felt that the season ticket increases were a little bit low, maybe not even worthy of mentioning. Tom Orman, marketing manager, did come back to that and say that's because Brighton ladies season tickets come in at £30. And maybe that's why they've increased them by 500%. Possibly possibly so. Very fair comment. So that's the answer. £30 season tickets are crawling. But also, I'd imagine, uh, do Brighton ladies have a smaller season ticket fan base from before anyway and so therefore absolutely yeah increasing wise like numbers you yeah know? if you go from one season to get older to six you've increased by sort of five six hundred percent haven't you but uh, i didn't go into it too much but it's a good point and good comeback from tom as well uh alan uh this is uh nearly give away the name but it's facebook so i'll keep it private um another fantastic and interesting podcast it's good to listen to fans and club views thank you um andy salmon said thanks for the mention and reading out my comment we'll keep it to one line next time ivan Knoll just finished listening i thought this was a really good episode like the way you didn't shy away from some potential criticism regarding the ctsa this feels so long ago now doesn't it and you dealt with it very professionally the content was as usual excellent maybe should have mentioned d3 d4 are also a podcast we did bring up d3 d4 because they've got some great stats they are also a league one and league two podcast check them out we've Uh, also had um a rare bit of soundcloud feedback as well someone commented on on the soundcloud platform it's Dom Russo. He said, I've watched Joe Vlogs. They're very good, as are your podcasts. So um, that's in reference to Joseph Sharp, I believe you can search for on YouTube. And he's the, the young chap who does um, Crawley Town Vlogs. They're good. Fantastic. And uh, Tom Allman did come back to us as well. He's the marketing guy at Crawley. And he found our interesting debate on the cup games and the lack of tickets and maybe lack of what I suggested personally. It was a lack of interaction with fans, the, the fans that came along to the cup games. And we didn't get them back for the league games. Um, Tom said to state that there was no engagement after the game is factually incorrect. Club currently has 12,000 valid accounts on its CRM. That's the way you can email all the, the people that have been to the club, all of which have been subsequently targeted. So thanks for coming back. Um, and then it went on. He would argue that the match day experience is a, is a big part of the engagement. Friendly stewarding, approachable faces in the office, devil's den, devil's delights, reds amongst uh, other aspects of match day all measurable um, of engagement that I think we do well in. Completely, utterly agree, Tom. Um, I just went back to say it was nothing specific I was aware of with the 1,500 new fans. That was my point. Um, I completely agree. The match day experience is is very good at Crawley with all these initiatives they're doing. Um, And Tom came back because I did actually speak to Erdem after the game and he agreed that a lot more could have been done to engage the new fans. Um, and Tom said, maybe nothing visual to yourself. We've certainly targeted those fans that came to the Norwich game, granted mostly digitally. Digitally, And I think a better gauge for how it's worked will be the Mansfield game owing to the quick turnaround of the Cheltenham game. Very valid points. Unfortunately, Mansfield also had a very low attendance of 2068, which was even less than Cheltenham. So did you want to briefly discuss the CTSA interview podcast yeah, uh, d- feedback very def- very briefly just so we don't make this section too no long. definitely let's crack on so we also had the ctsa interview um it was a tasty interview before it even began there was, uh, there was a lot of people kicking off on on twitter uh people thinking that we were coming in with a predefined agenda and really 
feedback, I think it's fair to say, was a bit of a mixed bag of feelings. I would say, on a whole, we came across as the bad guys, I would suggest. Um, we were, of course, answer, uh, asking some of our own questions. So a, a lot of it was your questions. So if your questions were negative, they were negative questions. We were just the voice of them. So some feedback. Sam went down really well in this, okay? And, I, I, and Sam did do very well. Really, really enjoyed meeting Sam. And considering we've both been, or I've been a fan for 10 years, I don't think I've ever met him in person, which is crazy. I think I've come across most people. Um, but some comments now. So well done, Sam. Thought the interview went really well and found it quite informative. Uh, well done, Sam. You came across really well, mate, despite some of the questions you were asked and the negative, suggestive nature of them. They were your questions. Um, agree with you. This is a, a reply to that former comment. Agree with you. Thought he did well. The podcast guys tried to give Sam a hard time. Did they have an anti-CTSA agenda? Absolutely not. We're no. trying to pull everybody together. Yeah. And also bear in mind um, how everyone was feeling towards the CTSA before this interview. It was quite negative. And so the questions did reflect that. But I think it was very important in order to ask them to get an answer for them so that the CTSA could stand up for themselves because they hadn't had that opportunity and if it felt like there was a negative um, atmosphere i don't think there was we got, well, the three of us got on brilliantly but you can't ask a ne negative question in a very happy way so we were just sort of asking the questions in the sense that they came across um some more it seems obvious what their thoughts were based on the critical leaning of their questions hopefully they now have a better view of what the ctsa stand for uh, not just us i hope everybody has a better understanding that was the whole point of the interview letting the ctsa and sam jordan get across what they do so i think we did that absolutely brilliantly and sam was fantastic got that message across well, um, Matt Adenall did back up what you just said, though. He said, um, have listened to the Straight Road podcast yesterday. Honestly, had no idea about half of the stuff they did and can do. I had no idea about the Reds rollover. If they somehow get some more publicity out there, they could get people on board pretty quickly. Yeah, brilliant. Um, a couple more short ones. Honest, reasonable and factually accurate, Sam. Well done, Sam. It's fairly obvious who was paying that particular piper. Um, well done, Sam Jordan. A tough series of questions with a distinct element of cynicism from Ewan in particular. <laughs> Guess who? Guess who? Um, good response from Sam. I think they know now know you cannot just throw money around at people's beck and call. Money was a big issue that we discussed in some detail. Nice one, Sam. I'm sure there are some people linked with the club who will take the money, though, because money talks with them alone. And Matt Cowdery uh, very thankfully wrote a 4,000-word essay. I'm just going to give the gist at the top of it. Um, if you're a member on the Facebook group, go and have a look. Um, you can read it in full. But he said, a really good interview by Sam. I think he came across exceptionally well. The CTSA is there to act on behalf of and respond to the fans. I think Sam did that with good grace and honesty. Whilst I fully accept that the majority of the questions were pre-submitted by listeners, I felt that Jonathan and Ewan were often too focused on asking their next question rather than reacting to or properly listening to the response responses they received. This is clearly evidenced by Sam having to repeat earlier answers or refer back to previous responses given. I completely accept that comment. And my only sort of, not, not a comeback, but a response to that and reason why is we were very limited on time. We had one hour from the moment Sam arrived because I had to shoot off. So when we're asking questions, I had about seven pages of questions. Yes, when Sam is answering a question, I am looking at the next one to make sure we get all the questions in. So maybe some of our follow-up questions weren't relevant to what he's just said or having to repeat them later on. So fully take that on board. And in the next interview, we'll try and plan it to have a little bit more time. Uh, last two points. 
just listen to this one. Really good. All credit to Sam Jordan. He was clear, concise and honest. And finally, Sam was great and I'm glad he heard he is the head of the CTSA. I can see where he is coming from. It's one thing talking about stuff in theory and asking the CTSA to do stuff, but no one actually can be bothered to do anything apart from the voice, uh, apart from voice their disdain on social media. That's a really critical point, I think, because a lot of people, including ourselves, we give opinions. Should they be doing this? This would be better. Somebody's got to step up to the plate and actually do it and sit at the table and get it done. A lot of people, again, including us, we're very happy to comment, um, but ask me to do it. We've all got excuses. I've got a baby on the way. I'm in an acting class. I'm writing a book. We're doing a podcast. We're doing commentary. I've got two jobs. Excuse, excuse, excuse. And everybody's got them. But fair play to Sam. He stands up and does it. Yeah, and on a lighter note, I think the CTS, uh, well, sorry, Sam from the CTSA and Hong Kong Paul are going on a little curry date. Yeah, I think there's a few. I think GH coaches might be involved in ah, that as well. I think they might come as a, a backup from that. So that's absolutely lovely. And the whole point of that interview was to get people talking about each other and getting together and trying to, we're all trying to go in the same direction. We should be doing it together. At the moment, there's sort of four parties going in the same direction, but but in different lanes. I think the whole goal was just to get people talking um, and hopefully we've helped put that in in sort of in motion. Maybe we'll see. It's very worth pointing out last bit of the review. Um, since the last couple of episodes, we have met personally at games. Sam Jordan, Nick Hilton was fantastic. Meet We met at a game afterwards. Now, Nick Hilton has um, given some very honest um, comments on, on social media platforms, sometimes negative as well. Can't deny it was great to meet him in person because although we disagree, we can all get along. He even showed us a little bit of uh, uh, when he was listening to the CTS interview. He, were, I think he was commenting or in a group chat with somebody. And he showed where he got, I think he called me a wanker. Um, <laughs> which is fine, absolutely fine. Because everybody's got opinions. I spoke to Andy Salmon as well, Matt Howlett, John the Gas. Met all these people since the last podcast. It's nice having these face-to-face conversations. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. The most important thing is people are passionate. Whether we agree or not is irrelevant. It's when we stop caring that things are going to fall down. We all love the club. We all want it to succeed. So let's keep talking. So we move on to the fixture review now. And well, there's been a ton of fixtures in between uh, the last podcast and this podcast. So we'll briefly whisk over them, including, of course, my predictions and Spoiler alert, I've done pretty well. Macclesfield away was a draw, and I guessed a draw. Well done. Mansfield at home was a win, and I guessed a win. Well done. Plymouth at home was a draw, I guessed a draw. Bloody yeah, hell. three out of three. And Northampton away was a draw, but I guessed a win. So unfortunately not four out of four, it was three out of four, but pretty good. And then after then was, of course, the Stoke cup game which we'll come back to in a second in a bit more depth Crawley of course won Walsall then beat Crawley away three goals to two and they had only scored three goals in their prior nine games so that was oh, pretty embarrassing yeah. and that was in the league and then we go to the Leeson.com trophy Norwich under 21s did what their first team couldn't do and they beat Crawley two no goals cares. to one and then most recently Forest Green Rovers uh, beat Crawley three goals to one on this Saturday just gone so after nine games, Crawley briefly touched the dizzy heights of third place in the table. However, after 12 games, we now sit in 13th. We've lost our last three games after that glorious Stoke win, of course. Is it really as bad as it sounds, Ewan? 
Mm, it's a really tough question. I mean, if you look at the league table, you would have taken 13th, possibly. I think we did the predictions in our pre-season fixture, uh, pre-season episode, and the average prediction was sort of 12th, 13th. But because we started so well, now we're in 13th, it seems like a disappointment. And I think that's absolutely right. Like you just pointed out, at 1-0 up at half-time during the Plymouth game, we were third in the table. Dizzy, dizzy heights. So really great place to be. Um, and after three wins on the trot, our last nine, we've only won one in 90 minutes. Of course, we had the penalty win against Stoke, so that was a draw. But the last eight games has been 1-1, drawn four, lost three. So a really unfortunate downturn in form. What's keeping things a bit exciting, of course, is a fourth round tie against Colchester, and that's going to be massive. So a quick touch on the Stoke game. I know you weren't there, Jonathan. Oh, my goodness. Again, just incredible. And there were flares, not flares, pyrotechnics. There was a bit of a debate afterwards whether they were flares or not. They're there. They're like a smoke grenade or whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> is this being technical so we can get bend around the rules and actually not get fined maybe, or chucked out do the know, ground? I'm gonna, well, the, the club made a comment afterwards, and I'll read it out in a second. But um, it was just great again. The atmosphere was brilliant. It didn't bring as many fans um, as the previous cup game, Norwich, but it was just a wonderful night. The, the home end was absolutely packed West and East and packed everybody having a great time great performance by everybody on the pitch and to win on penalties under the floodlights with a bit of smoke in the background absolutely packed crowds classic night in Crawley it was absolutely well, was wonderful. it raining or was it a it was d- drizzly okay. it was just a, a drizzly sort of um, so that old evening. saying of can you do it in a cold rainy night in Stoke and well they, can you do it in a cold rainy night in Crawley and they could it was nice to get a bit of a redemption as well after they beat us 2-0 um, I think it was uh, six years ago in the cup as well so that was lovely um, but then after that you know we've played mo- uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays it seems every single Tuesday and Saturday like about 10 weeks now and it's starting to show Um, because the performances we saw a month ago on that stretch of three wins in a row absolutely fantastic very very deep squad fantastic sub benches as well we've now got five players or six players out on loan the squad isn't as deep people look like they're getting just a little bit tired I know you were at the Norwich game again you can't really read too much into that one um, because it's a cup that no one cares about today. And also there was quite a few players who were making their debut for, for Crawley who hadn't played yet. Um, some of them look, looked quite good, but generally speaking, it was a fairly lacklustre performance from Crawley, to be honest. And yeah. I'm not surprised that they no, lost. No, not at all. And um, I don't want to read too much into it. It's been a downturn in form. And undoubtedly, we can turn it around. We're playing tomorrow. This podcast is coming out probably after that game, so it'll be last night. So we don't know the score of that one yet. Um, but yes, definitely a downturn in form. The players are tired. I, th- I think that's very, very fair as well. But that, uh, that's being a victim of your own success. They're in the fourth round of a cup. They played four more games than we usually would at the uh, start of the season. Um, and coming back to that uh, comment from, uh, it was from Kelly on the club website regarding the pitch invasion and the pyrotechnics, which it was brilliant. It makes the atmosphere just incredible but of course they got a a comment out she said after an incredible night the only disappointing aspect of the night was throwing of flares onto the pitch perimeter we were warned after similar incidents at the Norwich game by the FA and expect that we will now take action against us I would ask that all spectators to bear this in mind in the future home games and finally, similarly, although good-natured, the pitch invasion at the end will mean a lot of hard work for our ground staff over the next few days to repair the damage. Absolutely fair comment. They've got to make it. But I think if we beat Colchester, although it's only like a, a League Two club, it's happening again. Yeah, so like you mentioned, we drew Colchester for the for the round of 16 tie, fourth, fourth round, whatever you like to call it. 
generally it seems fans were disappointed to not draw a Premier League team and from what you just said there sounds like you're disappointed as well what what are your feelings about um, this I, I think the initial reaction is because you when you got Manchester United Arsenal Tottenham Chelsea in that draw and when Colchester comes out you go oh for fuck's sake Every, everybody did it okay because everybody wants a big team and then the corks start turning and you go hang on a second this is Colchester below is in the table to get into a quarterfinal of a cup, it's probably going to be a sellout anyway. It is, because it's a fourth round of a cup. We could get to the quarterfinal of a major trophy here. Absolutely fine. I'm absolutely fine with it. And I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I don't think Crawley, in the foreseeable future, I'm talking 10, 20 years, will ever have a better chance of getting into the quarterfinal of an English cup. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Colchester, obviously, you've got to give them uh, what, what they're worth and we shouldn't underestimate them at all because they're, they're a very good team. And in fact, we, we meet them tomorrow. But when this podcast comes out, probably you would have already seen them meet Crawley in, in the league. Um, and Harry Kuhl mentioned on Sky Sports, I think, after that draw for, for the League Cup, but he thought Crawley would probably fancy their chances. Is that still true now? Absolutely. It's essentially a league game with a lot more on the table and two sort of middle of the table teams as well. Um, one of them, I'm going back to feedback very quickly. People say, I give too many opinions and you don't give enough. So I've got a question for you. Okay. Would just because I like asking questions. That's Maybe that's the way it is. Uh, would you swap a cup win and a quarterfinal right now and take 14th in the league table? No, because... <sighs> I think Crawley can do better than 14th and yeah and I think uh, the momentum and the the great um, memories that a really good cup run gives you which I mean I think this would be considered as one of our best cup runs obviously aside from the fifth round FA Cup sort of runs um, yeah I, I, I wouldn't fine thank you just wanted to ask you a question get, get an opinion that was <laughs> all um, right shall we move on to fixtures coming up Yes, so the fixtures coming up, we'll, we'll go through the rest of the fixtures for October. So next up, Colchester at home. You probably would have seen them by the time this podcast is out to you guys. I'm going to predict a win for Crawley Town. Bradford away, I'm predicting a loss. Possibly a draw. I'm going, I'm going to that game. Are you? I'm going to an away game. Don't ever say Dunlop doesn't do away. I am. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that. So last season, Bradford were in League One. They were relegated, finished bottom. So uh, a team that had played in a higher division most recently, facing Crawley. So yeah, I'm going for a loss. Then Newport away, always a hard place to go. Loss as well, I'm going to have to predict for that one. Last season, they finished seventh, just inside the playoffs, and they lost in the playoff final uh, to Tranmere after extra time. And they currently sit on th- in third position on 23 points, so pretty high up. Then Swindon at home, I'm going for a draw. They finished 13th last season and they currently sit 7th. So all of these teams are sitting above Crawley in the table, basically. So four, four points from the next 12 available. Yes. And, um, well, it's uh, it's going to be a, a tough month for Crawley, really. Um, any month in League 2 is going to obviously be tough, but I think this is going to be one of the trickier months. It could, it could end very well, though. It could end very well, yeah. But this is one of those times in the season where I think teams that are going to do well really uh, make themselves seen because this is the point where it kind of uh, the, the initial really good run of form peters off 
and teams really have to dig in and, and the good teams are separated from the bad teams. The cream rises to the top, Jonathan. Is that a, a good summary of that? That is a brilliant summary. You Thank are you. very good with your words. Thanks very much. So, Jonathan, this is an unexpected segment. It's the transfer window. What? I I cannot believe we're still bloody talking about this, but it's quite significant because Crawley, since our last episode, have put another three or four players out on loan. We now have five out on loan. That is not including Philippe Moraes, who's on a long-term loan who's never coming back. And uh, obviously, uh, Dominic Polion left as well during the last episode. So they're gone, but we've got five out on loan and they're doing well. Jimmy Smith is at Yeovil in the National League. He's there until the 2nd of Jan, scored four goals and they are one point off the top. He's having an absolute cracking time down there, but we do, of course, I think we need him back. We're going to come on to your thoughts on that in a second. Josh Payne is at Ebbsfleet until the 6th of January. They're at the opposite end of the National League. Their manager said uh, he will mastermind the middle of the midfield and he will be a big player here. Jack Powell is the oldest shot in the National League, started all six games since joining of course, Ibrahim Mite is at Woking, nine appearances, and he and Jimmy actually scored in the same game the other night, which was really interesting. So two Crawley players on loan that are scoring. So has Mite had his loan extent? Because I feel like I maybe spotted him at the Norwich game. Uh, he, was that only a month loan? Has he come back or did I m- miss? Well, no, This they, they scored in the same game about two nights ago. Oh, maybe I just... Uh, maybe he came back to watch uh, his pals. Yeah, possibly. Or, or I could just be bad at identifying people. Maybe. And Ricky German is at Hemel Hempstead and he scored four goals. And they are second in the table. So loads of Crawley players on loan. We did. We kept pointing out, a lot of fans are pointing out, we had a really strong, big squad full of depth. And now we've sort of sent them all away and they're doing really, really well. Head coach Gabriel Chioffi says the club constantly monitors the performances of their loan players. They've all gone on loan because they feel opportunities to play in the first team every game are not there at the moment. And we have to respect the desire of the players. So putting the onus on the players, they wanted to go away. They are not forgotten. We have them watched. Their performances are analysed. And of course, if we need them because we have a lot of sudden injuries, they can come back to us. And also, it's really good to see that they're in a positive environment because if your team's doing really well, they're going to potentially come back to us with with momentum. Now, Gabriel Choffi said, I'll read that last line again. If we have a lot of sudden injuries, they can come back to us. I've had a source confirm to me that no players have recall options in their loan agreements. So we can't get any of them back, no matter how well they're doing. They're all away until the early stages of January. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, spicy. Do you think... Gabby knows, or is he just saying I that for the press? I don't think he does. I, I think he'll get a shock when he tries to get Jimmy Smith back. Gabby, if you listen, you can't get your players back. Unfortunately. And in other team news, this is a very light rumour, um, but we tend to get things right and from good sources. Ollie Palmer is having a scan on Monday, and if all is OK, he can resume a training, as can Ashley Nadison. Honestly, forgotten about Nadison. Yes, but I mean, he didn't play too many games, and when he did, they weren't very impactful, were Scored they? Scored on his debut. He did, apart th- from that. I think from up front. Then he moved to sort of the left of centre, didn't do that great. Then he played up front with Oli Palmer, that didn't work. And since then, he's sort of fallen from my radar, at least anyway. But great to have him back, absolutely brilliant to have him back. But um, and, and now he's got a little bit of space with a couple of players on loan as well, and Palmer injured at currently you'd think this would be a good chance for him to get back in the squad and start scoring some goals so good opportunity now this loan segment leads us brilliantly into the big question 
the big question was um, for episode 16, tell us one player right now from each of these three categories that you would recall from loan, send out on loan and give a five-year contract to. There's one caveat. A few people mentioned Brian Gallack. Um, a couple of people in return pointed out he's a homegrown player, so we have to have him on the bench. We're going to ignore that for the moment um, and you can include Gallack in that um, those comments. Okay. First of all, Liam Green wrote about four paragraphs, so I'm going to reduce that to recall Jimmy Smith, loan out Brian Gallack and give Cissé a five-year contract. So Matt Colburn says, recall Smith, send out Young, sign up Ferguson. I like that. Nice and precise. Uh, Matt Howlett says, recall Jimmy Smith, send out Alarakia and give a five-year contract to Bez. Phil Brogio comes in with recall Moraes. He says he, he know it won't happen. Loan out Alfie Jones, possibly one for the future and a five-year contract to Cissé. Peter Bellamy said, recall, nah, they're all out on loan for a reason. Send out Brian Gallack, he needs games rather than warming our bench just so we have a full complement of subs. Five-year contract to Glenn Morris, he'll be playing until he's 50. He'll need another contract after that five-year one runs out. <laughs> DF, uh, well, at Crawley fan on Twitter says, recall Jimmy Smith, send out Lewis Young and give five-year contract to Bez, closely followed by Cissé and Ferguson, and give poor Danny Bourman a couple of weeks rest. Here, here. Edward Walker, have to say, recall Jimmy Smith, loan out Brian Gallack and give a five-year contract to Nathan Ferguson. He's looked excellent so far. Matt Adenall, recall Jimmy, out Gallack and contract to Bez. Steve, CTFC 83, Jimmy back, Alarakia out and Ferguson a five-year deal. He's been popular, Ferguson. Matt Cowdery has come in with he wouldn't recall anyone. He thinks that playing well in a lower league doesn't make them a rediscovered saviour and they all need game time, which they won't be getting if they come back. He would loan out Alarakia and five-year deal for Bez. Okay. Nick Claridge, recall Moraes because he can score. I don't think he's coming back, Nick. Loan out ANG because he is going to get even better. And a 25-year contract for David Cissé because he loved the fans and he will never leave us. Well, we won't if you give him a 25-year contract. Russell Hilton, recall Josh Payne, send out Alarakia and give Nathan Ferguson a five-year contract. Quality player and also give Jimmy Smith the freedom of Crawley. <laughs> Very good idea. Uh, CTFC Fraser, recall Jimmy. This is popular, isn't it? Jimmy Smith coming back. Loan out Alfie Jones, good young keeper, would benefit from a season in National League. Contract to Cissé, need his passion around. Kenny Cumming, Marias back. Galach out on loan. And he hasn't given anyone a five-year contract. Dave Powis, recall Jimmy Smith, loan out Youngie forever, and a five-year deal for Ferguson, top player. Jed Jones, in Jimmy Smith, out Alfie Jones contract. Again, it's Cissé. Jay said, recall Jimmy Smith, loan out Gallic, and give Ferguson a five-year deal. We've got a real trend going on here, haven't we? Andy Salmon, in Smith, out Alarakia, five-year contract, Ferguson. Tim Potton Proud says, recall Ricardo German, send out Alarakia and five-year contract to Tom Tallison. Good shape. Kieran Sullivan, I'm going to take the gist of this. Kieran, it's recall Smith, loan out Alfie Jones, and contract has to be Ferguson by a country mile. He's been phenomenal. And final one, Mitch Moylan. Come on, mate. It's ruined the start of the season for me. Had so much strength and depth, and now it's completely gone, and we look tired already. How Smith wasn't deemed good enough by a certain someone is beyond laughable. So, 
no answers as such to the question for a very very passionate uh, sentence there from yeah. Mitch. So Mitch, that's what you, we want. Do you understand how the, the segment works? You meant uh, look, to answer the question. We like all answers, <laughs> yes. whether they're yeah. accurate or go off on a bit of a tangent, but we do appreciate all of your feedback. I think the, the general consensus there is people want Jimmy Smith back. They want one of the young players to go out on loan. And they want a five-year deal for, I'm going to say Ferguson was the most popular. I, we'll like, see, the, I like the idea of Dallison and Tunnicliffe within there as well. But in general, it was Ferguson. And he has been absolutely fantastic. So thank you all for answering the big question. I know it wasn't sort of too in-depth, but we just wanted your opinion on that because it was relevant to having a lot of lone players out. And um, that's been a real talking point on social media recently. Um, I think it's time for a Broadfield Buzz, Jonathan. So yes, it's time for Broadfield Buzz and you and I feel like you sounded pretty sad when you said it's time for Broadfield Buzz. I thought you enjoyed this. I do love it. and I'm sorry I gave that impression. Not None whatsoever. Um, a couple of really nice things to talk about, actually. Now, we have spoken very gently in the past, Jonathan, about maybe recording via video camera one of these podcasts and putting it on YouTube, i.e. Straight Red TV. We didn't feel we needed to because we got Joshua doing the uh, the Crawley Town vlogs, which is fantastic. However, we agreed that we maybe just put a poll out and find out. We did a poll on September the 18th, 104 votes. The question was, if we were to film our podcast and put them on YouTube, would you prefer to watch or just stick to listening? I had no idea what the response would be. It was quite mixed, wasn't it? It was. It was very even, actually. 35% said, I just want to listen. 38% said, I'd watch on YouTube. 23% said, it's good. It's, it's so good, I'd do both. And 5% replied, what's a podcast? <laughs> Why are they following <laughs> us? I, mean, I know they're joking, but uh, yeah, I, yeah We did put it in for fun. But the majority, 38%, said, I'd watch it on YouTube. I think it might be something we have to do. I think episode 17... We record it live, so you even see the bits we go back and do again and all the editing we do, because it's not as smooth as it sounds. <laughs> Some of it's absolute crap, and we have to do it two or three times. But um, I think we record that, put it on YouTube just once, see what the response is. If you like it, we'll keep doing it, because it's not going to be hard just to set up a camera and just watch us do what we do. Um, I think we might do that for episode It's like a dressing time. room cam. I mean, apart from we're not getting changed, but... <laughs> hey, I'll do anything for a fee. <laughs> but yes, it's like, a, a, I guess, a raw footage. There's nothing particularly edited. I suppose you'll just be able to see the... Um how the raw podcast is and really how good we are. <laughs> yeah, so so give us some feedback in the comments section once we post this out and just let us know if you'd like us to uh, definitely do that. We we will try and do it for episode 17. Um, I'll get a big enough um, SIM card and we'll stick it on a YouTube channel. Or it might just SD be a, card, not SIM card. Sorry, SD, oh, what year am I from? <laughs> An SD card and we'll just see how it goes. Uh, if it doesn't work, uh, we won't do it again, but we, you know, we like to try new things. If you don't try, you don't know. Exactly. Right, scoreboard update. Oh, you sound like Hong Kong Paul. No. Well, I'm going to come on to that in a second. But first of all, on the 2nd of October, there was an update on progress on the new scoreboard on the official Crawley Town website. I'm going to read it briefly, OK? Then I'll summarise. So it said, after consultation with Crawley Borough Council and the safety authorities, our plan is that the site of the new scoreboard is at the north end of the stadium. 
Mm, that's where it already is. We considered other options, including sighting it on one of the floodlight towers, but after a, after a lot of discussion with the council and safety authorities, this was considered not feasible. And it ends with, I can't put a timescale on this opportunity, uh, on this unfortunately, but we are making progress and I will keep everybody updated. In the meantime, I would like to thank Paul Hayward, who has pledged his support for this project. The current scoreboard is beyond repair, but all being well, will we, have, we will have a new one at the stadium soon. Yes, very non-time scale. Well, th- th- what they've said is, we thought about putting it somewhere else, now we're keeping it in the same place, and we don't know when we'll get it. Now, I don't know what the official uh, or an update means in the dictionary, I haven't looked, but that wasn't an update. They haven't told us... Nothing any- new, I suppose. They haven't told there? us anything. It's, um, it's staying where it is, it's still broken. Not an update. But on October the 7th, Five days later, we did get an update from the man that is going to be involved in that project, I think financially, really, which is Hong Kong Paul. And he said, scoreboard, two weeks to get the survey finished, four weeks for the survey report, two weeks for the council approval, 12 weeks for the steel structure scoreboard delivery and installation. We are looking at February, folks. That's, that, that's an update. That is an update. That That is news. That is information we did not have before. That is an update. So fantastic news. We're looking at February. Um, of course, things sometimes go off plan and, and are delayed, but we're looking at a timescale, uh, which is absolutely great to hear. Yeah, it's nice um, to hear an actual timescale as well. It is, yeah, yeah, because it has been previously. Every time we go to the club, I always try and ask somebody official, look, do you know what's happening? And it's always, oh, don't know. Don't know if we're getting one this season. Who knows? Um, I, I understood that we're looking at the, the putting on a floodlight. But, um, God, floodlight can, would end up in the middle of the pitch. Can you imagine when it got windy? <laughs> Blimey. But I remember I was commercial manager at the club when we had the old scoreboard and we had a wall on the east. We didn't have any stand. We had an east wall. Yeah, terrace. You know, yeah, the the the, the sort of the, the digital scoreboard was there, and I was involved in both of the previous, the current sort of two last digital, the sort of computer scoreboards. Okay, they're not my fault. They broke when I bought <laughs> them. When I got them, they were fine, but I know how long the process is because I had, it was I was involved or responsible for getting the steel structure in place that is currently there. Uh, that took quite a few weeks or months or so, and getting one to fit the scoreboard we had bought fitted in there perfectly. Worked fairly well for a little while. Um, then the one we've got in there now is smaller than the frame because we had to buy well, the, the original one was about 12 grand then when that broke we bought a second hand one for 7 grand I think it was and that is about a foot and a half smaller around all edges than the current one so that's why the frame is bigger than the actual current scoreboard because it used to fit it but now the one we've bought is even bigger than that so we have to start again from scratch and is it just taking time because of all the kind of legal processes and dealing with the council and all their processes is that just what it is i think so yeah it has to go through some sort of safety i'll be honest when i put that metal structure up i don't recall going through any safety. you just did it yourself <laughs> i don't oh, re- i get some metal from being I, I don't recall going through any safety structural process the guys we got in place to build the structure they guaranteed us <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge yeah it will be fine go ahead mate crack on do it um that was the process but obviously now it's a little bit more uh, official and um, we have another update this is an exclusive we be, need a jingle for this be excited right Right, this is regards to the training ground at Bewbush. The update is, things are very positive, okay? I know what you're thinking. 
I could work in the Crawley Town FC update department. <laughs> things, are, things are very positive, okay? Can't say too much. It's it's pretty nailed on, okay? Pretty nailed on, but patience is the key because the council works slower than the rest of us, all right? They've got very long processes in place. Um, expect some confirmation information in December, January. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, well, that's better than saying soon. So It's better than saying um, <clears throat> the, the current situation hasn't changed. We still don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's quite exciting, that. Now, next thing on Broadfield Buzz, we mentioned a couple of episodes, episodes ago um, <clears throat> about Crawley Wasps one day becoming Crawley Ladies. So I wanted to give an update on, on how their season's going. It's going very, very well. They've played seven games, won six and lost one. In their first four games, they scored 14 and conceded one. They're currently top of the Women's National League South Premier Division. So where does that sit in the in the tree after the South? Is it then the they're the third tier okay, of sure. um, English football? And in their in their league, are teams like Watford, Plymouth, Cardiff, Oxford, MK Dons, Portland, some big teams in there, and they are currently sitting atop of that tree. And another thing that I mention it is they play on Sundays at two o'clock. Okay, and it was announced a few weeks ago. I think people might have missed it, but Crawley Town season ticket holders get into free at all Crawley Wasps league games. Okay, for the rest of the season. Um, again, playing in the third tier games to go kick off at two o'clock at East Court, which is East Grunge. East Grinstead Town FCs, uh, they can find direction to the ground on the on either there or the club website. So That's really exciting. Great news and for the future of the Wasps. And uh, I'm going to keep calling them Crawley Ladies because I think it's going to happen one day. Um, f- final bit on Broadfield Buzz. I know you might have two bits, but I felt it was worth shouting out. How good is our pitch this season? Yes. It, I don't get how much it rains, how many games we play. The pitch is absolutely incredible. And it's complete turf care that look after it. And that is Ben and Tom. I think most people will know them because they're there at every single game. Um, great guys. And they put out a tweet recently. They are delighted to have received, highly commended from the Institute of Groundskeepers for our work at Crawley Town. We have a great team that work to the highest standards on all our sides. I wanted to say congratulations and absolutely well deserved to our ground staff. It's it's in, from if you could go back five years, people that don't know what it was like five years ago. I think one winter we had four games called off in a row. Ridiculously, it was horrific. Um, I remember one night it was a Tuesday night. We were home to Carlisle. The Carlisle fans turned up. They were literally stood at the terrace entrance gates. We were on the pitch. Even the chief exec, Michael Dunford at the time, we all had forks on the pitch. And then one of us had to walk over and say, sorry, game's off. And wasn't there some FA investigations as well because of the number of games that were being called off? They wanted to know what was going on. I wouldn't be surprised. It it, it was awful. But hey, we're past that now. And we've clearly got, I think we've got one of the best pitches in the league. And I don't go to many away games. But from what I'm told, nobody disagrees with that. Yeah. And I think also... uh, um, a thank you to, to Brighton as well for helping out with, with redoing the pitch and, and the drainage because I think I mentioned on, on our Twitter um, during the that leasing.com tie against Norwich under-21s, it was hammering it down really, really. Ha- I can't stress to you how much it's raining, but there was no puddles on the pitch. It's, none at all. Absolutely incredible. So in some way, I know it, Brighton ladies isn't guaranteed for next season and beyond, but the financial input they're giving is, is clearly paying dividends. Very much so. Now, so, you, you've got two things for Broadfield Buzz. I do. Crack I on. Do. So, if I say legacy TV to you, does that mean anything? Uh, I've seen a couple of tweets, aren't they? Some way involved with the club, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so this me. is more kind of a question and, and a highlight, really, as to, as to what they actually do. Because I've 
kind of had a look into them and, and they seem to be a YouTube channel that has been set up and, and seems to be endorsed by the club because the club are tweeting about them and, and uh, promoting them. They focus on gaming, football and entertainment and most of the content they've produced so far seems to be non-Crawley Town. And, and so they're talking about sort of, you know, They've had interviews with M&EK. In their podcast, they're talking about Chelsea and Man United. But about a week ago, they put, ran a poll on Twitter asking whether they should produce media content on Crawley Town, as in behind-the-scenes content, match day reviews, podcasts, talking about the club and all that kind of stuff. Pod what? <laughs> Say again? Yes, well. Pod what? <laughs> podcast. Mm. Um, so maybe we'll see something relevant for them in the, in the, in the future. But I was just kind of, if, if anyone can help me understand where they came from. Is this part of the club initiative to have an official source of media partner where they engage younger fans with gaming content? Was this what it was or where has this come from? We will do some research together and we will find out. Yes. And we'll put them off podcast. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, this is... This what is happened to a bit of bully, eh? This is, well, this is my second point. Uh, oh, 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 we haven't heard from a bit of bully. The club's official podcast... For about a month. They've only done two podcasts. Where are you guys? The, the, it, it, I don't think they realised how much bloody time and effort it takes to make these very smooth running podcasts. I have got 12 pages of notes in front of me for this podcast today. Um, but I, I'm not saying I don't want it to come back. I do want it to come back, as I've said before. The more people's listening to podcasts in general the better, because it's not like you, know, you can only watch one TV station. You watch lots of TV stations. I listen to five or six podcasts regularly, weekly. Um, so, yeah, come on. Where's episode three? Get on it. Yeah, we're missing you. I've got, I've remembered one last thing that I'm going to put in. I was going to put in added time. I'm going to stick it in Broadfield Buzz, okay? Now, during this ETSA interview, we made a comment at the end that we lost about three minutes somehow of recording when we didn't realise that it had cut out halfway recording and I was really upset because that was something I was saying and I had a really good idea ask me what my idea was Jonathan Ewan what was your idea I'm glad you asked <laughs> my idea was that you know they spent the eight grand getting the seat on the um, on the board or yes. a seat at the table with yes. the board and I questioned that whether it's a good investment Sam agreed that it wasn't a good investment and I just felt I tried to do some maths and say right where else could you have spent eight grand to make a positive impact and I worked out if they did a deal with the club and got tickets for like adult tickets for a tenner and kids free so a family ticket for 20 quid for two adults two children they could have paid for 40 families per game to come to every game for the rest of the season. So I'm talking underprivileged families, maybe not just anybody willy-nilly, but underprivileged families that can't afford tickets to quality games, they could have paid for 40 families to come to every game for the rest of the season with £8,000. Yeah, no, that'd be really good. I um, thought it was a good idea. The only thing I would say is obviously then they would have to find some sort of fair system in order to work out you know who were they classes underprivileged absolutely yeah yeah but they could work with local local organizations um to find those people yeah, but very uh, much so it was just an idea and i was really upset that it got cut off and i wanted to um just erase it that was all well sorry to disappoint you again i, th I think it might have been cut off again oh, I'm only <laughs> very good i like that i don't <laughs> believe you then because you're quite an honest guy So we are into added time now and I'm going to start off with something that's pretty short but very important to say and that's a big thank you to Hong Kong Paul and James Larman for supporting us with money for the podcast. It's helped to buy us some new gear and this is the first podcast aside from the special episode we did with the CTSA where we're using it. Now 
obviously Ewan has mentioned that things have cut out a few times. I don't think that's down to the new gear. I it's, think that's down to my poor laptop that's been knackered. Full of porn. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a, this is a safe space. This, none of this happens here at all, Ewan. <laughs> no, on a serious note, it's not full of that. It's full of podcasts, actually. And that's what I had to delete. No, oh, sorry. Slip of the tongue. <laughs> yeah, podcast. Um, it is a great bit of kit. And it means we can uh, start to put in jingles during the episodes. We can have four people on it now. We did use it for the first time, as Jonathan uh, Jonathan said, with the, the interview. And it worked beautifully, apart from a few minutes where it was Jonathan's laptop that caused the issue not the kit so thank you both very much appreciated now as usual a point to bring on added time it is gh coaches away travel doing a sterling job of course throughout the season they for the next away game just look on their website now which is ghcoaches.co.uk um the next away game is to newport county on tuesday the 22nd of october 23 booked on this trip at the moment so plenty of seats available departs the stadium at 2 p.m the cost is 10 pounds so of course a tuesday night 7 45 kickoff after that it is saturday the 2nd of november uh, 2019 3 p.m kickoff for cambridge away the cost for that one is 20 quid uh, that will include a buffet stop at the george in brabham and the coach will travel back to crawley non-stop after the game Okay, so two away games coming up. For any questions, it's at ghcoaches.co.uk or you can always get in touch with Alan. Um, his mobile and his email address are on the website. Or of course, they've got a very active Twitter account as well. Now, let me just find my notes because I had one other thing. Right, so the Colchester game, the cup game, before we started recording this, today there was an announcement there are only 10 tickets left for the game. So let's assume they are gone now, okay? There is still, though, the hospitality box is available in the corner of the Fast Signs one, okay? Your package includes a host on hand throughout the evening, hmm. access to the box before the game, for 90 minutes before the game, programs and team sheets, two beers each, hot sausage and bacon uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> you get hot sausage <laughs> um <laughs> served to the box a hot sausage served to the box <laughs> bloody hell um what do they have to pay for this and you talk can about paul this is <laughs> um, you can watch the game from the box or from the seat in the people's pension east stand hot drinks available throughout the game uh, look out on the website for more information. That really cracked me up. Yeah, <laughs> potty mouth box in the corner. No worry, it's private. If you see the black curtains come across, look away. If the box is rocking, don't come a knocking. Um, that that's the end of added time, I think. Yes, I'm still. I don't think I've laughed that hard for quite some time. There you go. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, as you can tell, we've had great fun recording it, as as always. Um, please do leave us your comments. Again, we will try. I mean, don't leave us your comments if you don't want the feedback section to go on too long. But we love hearing about stuff and we'll try and tone down how much we read back. But thank you so much for interacting with this. Um, and we hope you enjoy this episode as well. Yeah, I just want to second that. Please give us your feedback. Again, we'll try and cut down maybe the feedback, but just give the gist of it. But if you give us constructive feedback, we do work on that. We do try and change things. Hopefully the podcast is getting better and better uh, this season. It was better than last season, we hope, and we're constantly trying to improve. We do that based on your feedback. Thanks again to everybody that we've met in person uh, since the last podcast. Love to meet you all. If you see me and Jonathan at the stadium, we're, we're at pretty much every single game uh, just in the in 
on the outer edges of the press box, um, come and say hello. Um, we love to speak to you in person as well as just sort of interact with you via the uh, social media outlets. And just before we do go, maybe leave us uh, a suggestion of who you would like us to get on the podcast for a phone-in interview. We can do phone-ins now, so maybe we can interview someone on the phone. All this amazing kit, hey? And we haven't had a player on for a while. I think we need a player interview, if we're still allowed, now that this is the club podcast. I'm sure they will. We get on with them so, so well. Um, so if you've got an idea of a player you might want us to speak to, we'll try and do that at a game. Um, or if you've got a, an, another fan that you might want to come on and, and speak to we're open for that as well it was lovely having um sam on let's let's do it again with somebody else so uh, yeah get in touch keep in touch like tell your friends let's get more listeners let's get people talking about crawley thank you so much for listening from jonathan and myself we'll see you again very soon bye-bye